Queen's Health Outreach is a student-run, registered charity based on the campus of Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Our goal is to facilitate needs-based peer-to-peer health discussions on a local, national, and international scale. This podcast is for those who are interested in health, global health, global development, ethical engagement, and education. Join us and our special guests bi-weekly as we chat about discussions surrounding all these topics and more. We would like to thank the CFRC 101.9 and the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences for this collaboration. Additionally, we'd like to acknowledge that Queen's University is situated on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. We're so grateful to be able to live, learn, and work on these lands. Hey everyone, welcome back to QH on Air and welcome to episode two of the podcast. My name is Kate, I'm a fourth year kinesiology student and I'm the education director this year on QHO. So in today's episode, we have two special guests. Our first guest is Haley Rogers, who is a commerce student at Queens, and she's also a published author of the book, See Me, which is a self-discovery book geared towards young adults. And it's all about being fearlessly authentic. Haley and I chat about her publishing process. We talk about what a holistic uh, health approach looks like. We talk about perfectionism, FOMO, about being university students, and everything in between. And then in the second part of the episode, I talk with Catherine Leslie, um, who's a QHO alum and who she was my teaching partner. We went up to Northern Canada together on a QHO initiative. Um, so we have some fun chats about why she joined QHO, uh, her experience on initiative and what she was able to take out of being on QHO. So it's a super fun episode. I hope you enjoy listening to it and are able to take something out of it. I'm honored to introduce today's guest, Haley Rogers. Haley Rogers is a fourth-year commerce student at Queen's University. She's also a published author, a podcast host, the co-president of Step Above Stigma, a mental health organization at Queen's University, and she's an aspiring life coach. Haley, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So with that introduction... It sounds like you've done some seriously amazing things in the last couple of years at university. Um, But if we were just to get rid of those labels, and so if you're not um, like Haley, who's a published author, who are you? That's a great question. I also think that sometimes we honestly cling to labels and honestly that obviously those are parts of who we are, but they aren't our whole selves. So I really, really like this question. Yeah. Um, So they have shaped who I am and take up a ton of my time. And it's important to invest in things that you are passionate about. Um, And I think obviously these are the things that the world tends to see, but they don't really get to see the other side of me. Um, The kind of person I am, I really like spending a lot of time by myself. That's a really big thing. Um, That's where my biggest ideas come to play. And it allows me to be a lot more reflective and introspective about my life and where I want it to go. Um, But I also love having fun. That's a a thing I think a lot of people don't get to see is when I get to actually go out (laughs) and actually party and actually enjoy life as a 20 year old, because sometimes I feel like I might be doing some things that maybe someone much, much older is doing, but in reality, I'm still 20. So I think it's important to have fun and go out and have fun with friends. Um, I value health, which obviously I think we'll talk about later, but (laughs) I love uh, fitness. Um, Fitness really came into my life um, at an early age, but I didn't really appreciate it as much until high school. Fitness plays an integral role in my achievements in the sense that it really allows me to decompress and um, ensures my mental health is good, basically. 
people maybe like often expect you um, to be someone older and who completely has their life together. Um, but at the end of the day, like you're still 20. And I think that's really awesome that you're able to just say like, you know what, like I still enjoy going out and having fun. And also that like, it's okay to be introverted. I feel like today we feel like we always need to be like bubbly and outgoing and like, I know I definitely have FOMO and like when, especially like in a university setting, when you're surrounded by people your age. When you're saying yes to stuff, you're actually saying no to other things. I think that's a good mentality to have. So like when you're saying yes to things that you're not exactly fully wanting what you feel like you have to do because society's saying that you should, you're really saying no to the things that you do want. So for me, when I spend a lot of time by myself, like I want to have that time by myself, even though maybe my friends might be going out at the same time. Like I'm saying yes to what I want is to have that time and space to reflect on my life and to invest in my own personal projects and to just be as I am Um, and saying no to perhaps like that fifth night out during the week I think that's important mentality especially in university students we're constantly bombarded with social opportunities and taking that downtime to be by yourself I think is kind of important for sure yeah I really resonate with that because I feel like I definitely have trouble saying no whether it be to like social things but also just like any engagements in life and just feeling like oh I need to do it all to be successful or like I want to be super social but I also want to be good at school and I also want to do this um (laughs) And I feel like that can just lead to burnout. So I think that's a really good mindset that you have. Absolutely. And yeah, I guess going back to just who I am as a person, I'm just, I'm very, very loving of people. Like I love people. Mm. And I think that that's kind of um, transpired throughout, at least at Queens. Like I thought I was going to be going into marketing and landing a corporate job once I was done here. Um, But I've always been an entrepreneurial kind of person. I've always had that mindset, but I didn't think that I'd be able to Uh, go down that path but I've realized you know I want to help and serve others I think entrepreneurship is like where I want to go and that's kind of shaped this whole life coaching journey is I want to develop a youth coaching company uh, to help younger people who were like myself in high school and at the beginning of university who was struggling with a lot of mental health struggles issues with relationships all things that are pretty normal in our lives like I think it's very normal to experience these kind of challenges when we're young but I think having a little guidance along the way would be quite helpful and that's kind of what I want to do in terms of helping and serving other people's our age so that's really neat yeah, for sure and I still don't have myself together like it sounds like I I'm setting myself up for a specific direction I honestly just do things in the moment like I'm very um impulsive like yeah. if I get an opportunity I take it like immediately I don't really think how it contributes really in the long run but if I'm passionate about it then I'm gonna do it yeah and I remember actually on that note um in your book you mentioned how um like that the book that even the book you don't need to read in order and that you can open it up like wherever you want and take from the book what you want and you kind of connect to the idea that life isn't linear and when I read that it really resonated with me because I cope with my anxiety by wanting to plan and plan ahead and be like okay this is the next step this is where I'm going next um but I think you bring up a really good point and I'm starting to realize that as well that like life isn't linear and that we don't have to have everything planned out. 
exact same in that aspect. Like I, I, I literally have like three lists of the exact same thing beside me. Like, I don't know why I always just write lists and it's like, Oh, probably one out of the 700 things that I've written down is going to get done today. But I love writing lists like all the time, but it's like, you know, like, understanding that there are going to be obstacles and stuff in your life and that your to-do list may not get done and that's okay. And not to like feel like our success has to be like measured by how many things you checked off, like how many boxes you checked. Absolutely. Totally agree with you. (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to tell our listeners a bit about your book? Absolutely. And kind of like the writing process and how the heck you got published at age 19. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I'm going to first start off saying I'm going to credit my entire journey, well, at least the whole opportunity to Julia Sun. Julia Sun is another individual <laughs> on campus. Um, she is in fourth year commerce as well. She's been like my close friend since first year. Um, her and I were on her campus, which is an amazing, amazing club on campus. If you get involved with her campus, definitely take it. And basically all you do is you just write articles um really into whatever you want it's a very like amazing outlet just to show who you are in various um aspects of your life anyway yeah. so we were involved with that since first year and so around I think uh middle of second year she posted in our group saying I just came across this opportunity to write a book in less than a year and I was kind of like what and she's like oh yeah if you guys want to get involved let me know and I'm like I'm intrigued what are you talking about girl <laughs> so messaged her immediately I'm like um is this like a scam is this real and she says no no it's actually real I'll connect you with the professor who's running the book process or whatever it is yeah I was like okay I want to know more so basically this program is run out of Georgetown University in the states um it's called Creator Institute and basically they take young aspiring writers into a book writing journey and so with that um I I was kind of like, oh, you can write a book in less than a year, but like, what am I going to write about? So I hopped on a phone with Eric and <laughs> I was like, okay, um, tell me more. How am I going to write a book? But I have no idea what I'm going to write about. And he just got me talking and he said to me at the end of our call, he was like, Haley, I think you have this really deep rooted passion for authenticity, um, young adults, mental health, and all these different things. How about you work with that and see what comes out of it? And I was kind of like, oh, okay. And earlier that semester, I had read the uh, Sarah Knight's book, you, you Do You, which is a self-development book as well. And it's related okay. all about being authentic. And I was obsessed with it. I was like, this is the best thing I've ever had. It was like one of the first self-help books I've ever read. And yeah. so I was like, oh, maybe I could write like a self-help book related to authenticity, kind of along the same lines as Sarah Knight. And so I kind of like started the whole whole process with writing is that it's like you start off with a thesis statement or premise or whatever and then you go into introduction then you go into chapters and it's very like structured exactly how you think you would write a book when in actuality it's I started off without a premise I had no idea what I was writing about and what they have you do is they write get you to write stories just around about people who like you really relate to or that relate to the topic at hand so the first person I had interviewed was Umpai Thamatak, who's, uh, she's also um, the founder of Step Above Sigma, and, like, yeah. I had been involved with class for um, that year, and I was like, hey, this girl's, a, like, a queen, so I'm gonna get her <laughs> to do an interview, and so with that, I interviewed her, and then I started interviewing other people, and I ended up interviewing 20 individuals and writing 20 different stories, along with different chapters around my own insights, and 
they all had this like central theme of in order to be successful, you have to be happy first. And in order to be happy, you have to be authentic. So I kind of made this like parallel. I was like, oh my God, okay, I think I have my premise. And so I ended up like going back in, doing a lot of editing and revisions and also marketing. And I ended up streaming them together. So it actually makes sense. Um, It was a very (laughs) backwards thinking kind of approach, but it honestly, like it made it so much more enjoyable what my book is about um it's a self-help book geared towards young adults actually I don't like saying self-help I think it's more so self-discovery because I don't think that people who sometimes people don't need help maybe they just want to discover more about who they are so it can be applied to more and more people but yeah it's a self-discovery mm-hmm. book geared towards young adults and aims to inspire readers to live an authentic life through guiding principles um, through the collection of stories and my own insights. And it talks about different things such as leadership, uh, self-awareness, um, mindfulness, resilience, and it's all through storytelling. Um, I think mm-hmm. storytelling is something that a lot of self-help books lack. I think it's very, um, I think storytelling is so, so, so important in understanding the human experience and how you can actually utilize um, some of these tools that I talk about in my book in real life practice. I learned so so much from these individuals and um they didn't really understand where where their story fit like these people yeah. like they've done a lot of great things but like they these are the kind of individuals you see walking down the street every day like they're not like CEOs of huge companies or famous or by any means yeah. they're very very relatable and very very authentic they're all very unique and so yeah that's kind of how I went about it um just wow. a little <laughs> side note to plug my book I guess oh, right yes now. Right now, I uh, I started a Shopify store for a class that I'm doing, and right now I'm donating 50% of the profits um, from all sales on my Shopify store, which is HaleyRogers.com, to the Legacy of Hope Foundation, which is a national Indigenous-led charitable organization that has been working to promoting healing and reconciliation in Canada for more than 19 years. So yeah, yeah. those are like that's just kind of what I'm trying to do with that because like I think it's yes. important to give back to the community. That yeah. is awesome. And then Kate, can you say that again? So. That really resonated with me. So you said, in order to be successful, you need to be happy. And in order to be happy, you need to be authentic. Yes, that's exactly it. (laughs) Okay. And so did you like, was that something you like connected, like you connected those dots after like your 20 different interviews or when did that kind of like stick out to you? Um, so I probably had, so my book is 70,000 words. Like, so I probably made this connection around the 30 to 40,000 word mark. So I was still okay. writing when I had my draft manuscript. So like I had it kind of structured and I was kind of filling in the gaps after that, but I came to that realization about four or five months of writing it, but you just have to trust in the process. Yeah. Like that's the biggest thing as what they promote is like, just trust that it's going to work. You may not see it yet, but it's going, you're going to create something and it's going to be really awesome. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to trust that it's going to make sense. At first I was like, I have no idea what these people are talking about, but I'm just yeah. going to trust that it's going to work. That's awesome. And then I guess like, would you have any tips for listeners or for someone who's wants to be more authentic? I guess that's like the first piece in the puzzle, but like, how, how do I become more authentic? <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So obviously, there's a lot to this um, Mm -hmm. in terms of like my basically my entire book is about that. But I 
Kind of, have, so read the book. Yeah, yeah that. Like, here, go, I'm not going to tell you. Just go read it. Just go read it. <laughs> um, I guess I can start off with, like, two big things that I think if you're going to take away anything from my book, mm-hmm. I think that these two are the big things. Um, the first one is self-awareness. Okay. Um, I think, especially at the young age, because it is geared towards young adults, I think we are we lack self-awareness in terms of like we're trying to figure out how we fit into this world so we're looking to the external world to actually tell us where we fit in when in actuality we need to be looking in in, inward um Mm. and so basically self-awareness has two key components it's um intrinsic and extrinsic self-awareness so uh basically the whole intrinsic is actually being able to take a dive into who you are and what you want in your life um a lot of us don't ask us that or ask ourselves this question often enough. Like I still have to sit down and be like, be very like, rather than operating every single day on autopilot, like taking a step back and actually being intentional about mm. how I'm navigating this world is so, so important. And in order to do that, you have to be self-aware. Yeah. Um, so like opening your heart to your wants is really, really important. And a way to do this, like for me, I, I write a lot of notes on my phone, but a lot yeah. of it works for um, people's journaling because if you can get your stuff, like your mind and like stream of consciousness down on paper, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to be able to identify what it is you're looking for in this world, whether it be yeah. like what you actually want to do uh, post-grad or what you want to do after high school or um, how you want to improve your relationships. And you become a lot, when you become a lot more internally aware, um, you're able to, um, your thoughts create your behaviors and actions, right? So if you're thinking about the things that you do want, you're going to start acting in ways that actually get you to the place of where you want to be. So you have to be self-aware internally, but then there's also that external awareness of actually knowing how you are showing up in this world. So I think that's a really crucial component because we can think all the things we want, but if you're not actually showing up in a way that, allows you to get to that place there's obviously um uh, a a gap there so being able right. to actually be like okay this is what I want and I'm going to act in ways that the world can see me show up pursuing the things that I want I don't know if yeah. that's confusing or not but it's no it's yeah, yeah I know you mean it's like being able to like actually know okay I am showing up this way I want to show up this way and that's kind of like the whole self-awareness key because if you're not pursuing what you want, you're not being authentic. You're pursuing things that you think you should or have to do based on societal expectations or whoever's expectations you're trying to follow. But like, if you're pursuing a life that you want to pursue, then it's going to be um, a lot more authentic and a lot more liberating. So that's kind of the Yeah. Like living the life for you and not just like, because society says you should look or act a certain way. Absolutely. Yeah. That's kind of the first piece to it. But the second piece is acknowledging your whole self. So I was on a podcast episode last week um, where I gave this analogy, it's the backpack analogy. So Mm. a lot of the times what happens to us is we put all our challenges, um, bad experiences, um, mistakes, failures, all these different things in a backpack on our backs. And what happens, why we do this is because we don't really want to acknowledge that that's who we are. Like all those mistakes as well are who we are um, combined obviously with all the good, but we (laughs) tend to separate ourselves from um, our past that perhaps wasn't really good. So what we do is we put all these, these things and a backpack and the backpack sits on our shoulders. And over time that gets really freaking heavy. Like I had (laughs) a lot of unresolved trauma that I came into university with and I put it in a backpack. 
I didn't acknowledge it. It was very much just sitting on my shoulders all the time and it builds up and it gets very, very, very heavy. But as soon as you choose to put down the backpack and actually embrace your entire self, your perfections, flaws, good, bad, ugly, and everything in between, Mm -hmm. you become a lot lighter and you're able to act in ways that actually serve you. Um, You're able to perhaps like, for example, for me, if by acknowledging my, my trauma, I was able to get the help I needed. And by getting the help I needed, I was able to do all these personal projects. So those are just yeah. kind of like the things that you have to do is you acknowledging your whole self and loving your whole self, like not just loving, oh, I love that I am a good friend. Obviously love mm-hmm. that. But <laughs> if you're not loving the fact like, you know what, I, I overcame this challenge, I yeah. got through this pain and heartbreak or whatever it's going to make, it's going to put a weight on your shoulders. So being able to love your entire self is really important in order to live an authentic life. Wow. I love that. And I think this is so cliche, but I've heard before too, that it's like the whole idea that you have to love yourself first, like in order to love somebody else. Yes. But I even notice like as cheesy as that is, like I even notice in my own life, like when I'm being super hard on myself and like not being gentle towards myself, it's a lot harder to like be kind and gentle with others. Yes. And so I think it's so important like to first, like, you know what I mean? It's almost hypocritical or like, I always ask me, like, I feel like I'm so hard on myself and have these like crazy expectations. And then I'll ask myself like, oh, would I ever expect this of a friend or would I ever like, what would I tell a friend? You know? And I find yeah. that's really helpful. Oh, totally. And I think there's, there's a chapter in my book exactly about that topic. And yeah. for me, it ruined one of my, my first relationship. I think a lot of it, well, that's one of the contributing factors. Obviously there's other stuff when it comes to relationships, it's just two people in a yeah. relationship. <laughs> but uh, the big thing I think I contributed was the fact that I did not love myself and I yeah. depended on that individual to fix it. To which validate is like, you and to, yeah. Yes. And honestly, I expected more and more and more like, because, you know, like the first time, oh, I love you. It's like, oh my gosh, yes. But then over time, it's like, okay, I want him to say it two times a day or validate everything I do mm-hmm. in my life. And when you place that on another person, you're honestly not going to actually experience that until you open your heart to loving yourself. Like you're just yeah. not going to experience it if you're depending on somebody else in the external world to do that. Oh, for sure. Just because we are a health podcast, um, can you tell me about like what your definition of health is and like, yeah. what does it mean for you to be healthy? Yes. Um, eat well, move yeah. well, think well, and be well. Oh, I love that. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> I actually added a fifth one in my head. Okay. Have, have fun. That's the last Ooh, one. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So obviously eating well, um, I'll talk about this one first. Yeah. So you are what you consume. Okay. So like be mindful of what you feed your body, but more mm-hmm. importantly, what you feed your brain is really important. Um, oh, I love that. As for actually eating, like I do not promote diet culture. Like I've yeah. gone down that road myself. In terms of what you're feeding your brain, <laughs> um, you must become mindful of what you're listening to and the content you're engaging in. And mm. of course, it's like important not to be ignorant of like the things going on in the world, but it yeah. does serve you to be constantly reading about negativity and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, and obviously, this can be applied to social media and like being cognizant of how you feel based on what you read or see is really important. Like yeah. if you're following like the feeds account- you follow, yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you're following accounts that are impacting your mental wellness, like in a negative way, like 
grant yourself permission to do a social me- media cleanse and unfollow those accounts. But number two, I guess, move well. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm reading this off my phone just for memory, but the World Health Organization recommends that adults aged 18 to 64 should do at least 150 minutes of moderate to intensity aerobic physical activity per week. So obviously we need to move (laughs) our bodies. Um, I think a lot of the time too, like at least for me in high school, I believe that fitness was all about looking a certain way. Like I wanted- Like you felt like you had to exercise to like so that your body looked a certain way. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. like, honestly, obviously there's going to be physical, physical benefits in that aspect, but like the main reason why I engage in physical activity is to feel a certain way. Like I always yeah. feel good after a workout yeah. and it always decreases my stress. Obviously there's science to it, but like I won't get into that because I'm in commerce. I that's don't my know. jam. I'm a kin student. Exactly. <laughs> You're like 150 how- minutes. I was like, ah, yes. <laughs> so yeah, like I'm, stress like this it just decreases your stress yeah. and like especially as university students we need to move our bodies because I think sure. right now is a very stressful time in terms I think midterms are happening now for a lot of people do what you enjoy like whether it be yeah. like walking or lifting weights or running mm-hmm. just do what you love because like it yeah. shouldn't be something you dread doing um it should be something you look forward to and feel exactly. good exactly like it shouldn't yeah. be a punishment it's be something that you do because it makes you feel powerful and strong and good in your body Absolutely. I guess number three is think well. So how you think will transcend throughout all facets of your life. It, how you think will create your behaviors and your behaviors will create your actions and your actions will create your outcomes. So like how you think creates reality basically. So um, like the moment you resort to negative self-talk and self-limiting belief, it will ultimately hold you back from achieving your goals and experiencing mm. joy so you must become mindful of how you're talking to yourself yeah um, engage in like positive self-talk if you can you don't have to jump from like really big extremes I think that affirmations are really really great but sometimes they just don't work because sometimes you sit there and you're saying always like oh I'm confident I'm beautiful all this stuff and if you can actually believe that then good because that's <laughs> what you are but sometimes it's like you know you're saying these things to yourself but the back of your brain is saying bs like I'm not but like mm-hmm. so there's these things called trade-ups so what you can do with trade-ups is you know perhaps you might not feel fully beautiful yet but you know I think it's looking in the mirror and being like oh you know what I really do really love about myself I really love my eyelashes or I really really love my hair and that will accumulate over time and it'll start building and building and building and eventually you will reach that place where you're, where you do feel fully beautiful and you won't be actually saying bs in the back of your mind yeah so that's thinking well so basically your thoughts create a reality mm-hmm. remember that so if you catch yourself thinking in a not and not a self-serving way yeah you need to change up those thoughts <laughs> um, true yeah and then number four is be well so be well is all about being mindful and like present. It mm. allows you to be grounded and be grateful for the richness life provides us. Um, I think like for me, especially during COVID, um, like at the beginning, I was like very much in a place because I was spending a lot more time by myself. I was able yeah. to reflect on my life and establish oh, yeah. my priorities. <laughs> and like, you know, perhaps the old normal was not bringing you joy and perhaps the old normal was not allowing you to conquer your dreams. 
and like maybe it wasn't allowing you to stay mentally healthy but now in this new normal you can evaluate your life and the person you have always wanted to be and so being invested in things that bring you joy in the present is really important I think a lot of us tend to live for the future especially as young adults like like we are so we're taught like oh you have to do this in order to be successful when you're 35 like or it's almost like you'll be happy when you know right it's always like so then it's always like oh but if I do do this I'd be happier if I do this I'll be happier yes like what about right now (laughs) yes and that's what's like that's why like I think that we're always like one day I'll be successful but it's like you know you could be successful and happy and authentic right now in this Mm -hmm. present moment and you're not gonna be wasting days spent cult obviously each day will help contribute to your future but like I honestly think that like by just thinking about your future constantly, you're wasting time in the present. And the worst thing anyone can ever experience is regret. Honestly, I think that in a way COVID has made me become a more present person. Yes. Because I used to always plan like, okay, in X amount of months, I can do this. And then I could do that. Whereas now, like I say, like, I don't plan anything like more than two weeks in advance. I'm like, I don't even know what like two days is going to look like for now. I'm like, we're living week by week. <laughs> totally. And it's like, it's so uncertain. And I think yeah. that's he really threw those people off. Maybe because oh, yeah. we live in a time that's uncertain, I think it really allows us to be present and to take it one day at a time. I guess the last one is have fun. You know, like life is a party. And so you should <laughs> be celebrating it constantly. Yeah, thank you too. so much for chatting with me today. Absolutely. No, thank you. Definitely check out Haley Rogers on Instagram and then so you're saying you can buy your book now yeah you can go on my Shopify store it's haleyrogersauthor.com okay. and yeah so 50% of the proceeds will be going to um the Legacy of Hope Foundation and that's gonna be happening up until December 1st oh my gosh amazing okay well thank you again that was so much fun thank you so much all right so we're now gonna shift gears and we're gonna now chat with a past peer educator from Queen's Health Outreach I'm actually super excited for today's interview because I'm going to be interviewing my teaching partner. So the person that I went on my initiative with um, through Queen's Health Outreach. So I'm really excited to introduce Catherine Leslie. Catherine Leslie uh, was a Queen's student. She just graduated uh, spring of 2020 and her major was in life science. And then this past summer, she actually also um, did the graduate diploma in business uh, with the Smith School of Business. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us. Super excited to have you here. Yes, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here as well. Amazing. So I guess just to get going, um, do you want to tell the listeners why you joined Queen's Health Outreach? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's really a few reasons why I joined QHO. So firstly, I really wanted to become more involved at Queen's during my undergrad And QHO really stood out to me because it's a completely student-run organization and a registered charity. So that's the first reason. And then secondly, one of my friends was on QHO in the past, in the previous year before me, and she did go on initiative in Northern Canada. And so really hearing all about her experience while being up North, I knew that I wanted to have the experience to work with and learn from the strong and resilient Indigenous people of Canada. And so that's what really led me towards QHO. Amazing. So um, do you want to talk about where, I guess, where we went on initiative? Yeah, of course. So Kate and I went in the summer of 2019. Yeah. Um, we went to a community in northern Quebec called Salowit, and it actually is situated in 
the the region of northern Quebec is called Nunavik. Um, and in fact, Salle is actually the second most northern point in Quebec. Uh, it's an Inuit community with a population of about, on, on Google it says about 1600, but it's definitely more than that now, I would, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. And in, there's three languages that are spoken in Salavit. So the first is Inuktitut, uh, that's the mother tongue there. And then also French and English, obviously as well. Uh, yeah, it's a fly-in only community. And Kate and I got to teach in three different locations there. So we taught at two schools. So Ikuzik and Pigurvik, which are both um, the high school and the elementary school. And then we also got to teach at the boys rehab center, which was, which was a good, great experience. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's a, that's a bit about Salwa and where we went on initiative. I love that. And then we were talking about the languages there that reminded me that mm-hmm. you actually took a Nukta at Queens after initiative, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. That's so cool. Oh, mm-hmm. I love that. Um, okay, so I guess just like, so when you had first signed up for Queen's Health Outreach, um, what were like your expectations of your like experience um, as a peer educator and going on initiative versus reality? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think ultimately, like when I first joined QHO, like you see health and you know health is super important. And I'm very fortunate to be healthy and to have access to so many different resources to stay healthy. And so I felt that by joining QHO, I'd be able to work with other people and continue doing that and developing relationships with people um, from an isolated region that may not have the same access to resources that I'm fortunate to have. And so I think going going on initiative, I really was just expecting to go there and just always be talking about health, teaching health. Uh, seeing the the students uh, in the community and just always talking about health, 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 but it was actually really so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got, had the opportunity to um, build strong relationships with different people in the community um, and be able to participate in different cultural activities there and really so much more other than just being in the classroom. And so I think that was the main thing that really stuck out to me uh, is that the experience on initiative is so much more than just going to class and having these conversations about health with the students it's it's a lot more than that yeah I love that do you have any like favorite memories or anything that really sticks out for you from initiative one thing that was really really interesting about Salavit is the way that hockey really brings the community together so one thing I loved was that like we were able to go and play hockey with the students and with the boys from the boys rehab center like at least twice a week which oh, yeah. was super great and it was it was awesome because we had we had the opportunity to develop those stronger relationships with them so that when we got into the classrooms we could have those uh those good discussions about health and sometimes difficult discussions with the students and be able to like show them that we're these fun people that like to play hockey too and um, kind of bond with them in that way so that was mm-hmm. probably one of my favorite memories just like being able to go and play hockey with the students and skate around with them even just as like a kin student too and like always talking about like how sport is so like integrated society and like how it's so important but I think mm-hmm. it wasn't until initiative that that like really clicked for me mm-hmm. and just realizing the impact of sport and how important like hockey is in the community of Salowit but also just like how you know, we'd like traveled all this way and we'd like taken a plane like so far up north and you expect like 
oh my goodness, they're going to be so different than you and I. And kind of realizing that like, wait a sec, like we both had backgrounds like playing hockey and ringette and realizing that we were really able to connect um, with the students and like community members over like that shared passion for hockey. And I think even like, like you were saying that it allowed us to like dive so much deeper in the classroom because we connected on the ice and just like reminding even the students that like, sure, like we might look a bit different than you and like, we don't necessarily live in the community but we aren't actually so different and we are still like Mm -hmm. humans. And we also love to play hockey and just like have fun. And I think that the students respected us so much more for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. And yeah, I just think a big thing was like, I was kind of worried about before going on initiative that like, because we're different and we look different and we have different Mm -hmm. backgrounds um, and we were so far from home, but being able to connect with the students through hockey was a pretty incredible thing to experience. I totally agree. I learned so much, at least like for myself, like being like a settler um, on the land that we call Canada um, Mm -hmm. and just kind of like, and I, and I know for both of us, that was like something we were trying to figure out before we went on initiative and just like our own like positionality and really wanted to make sure that we weren't like telling the community like, oh, we're from down South and like, we know what it means to be healthy and you don't. Mm -hmm. And I think that we really like, I don't know, I felt like I really, it really was a mutual experience. And I definitely think that I left like having learned a lot from community members and like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Just like, even like what it means, like, like to be healthy, but also just like what it means to um, like live on this land and like have a better appreciation for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, that's a really good point that you, that you mentioned. And uh, yeah, it was really great to just be able to connect that way we had such a good relationship with Louisa. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So she was basically like, our, we called her our Salowit mom. Um, yeah. she's, she's amazing. She's the best. We're still both in contact with her. So it's super nice yeah. to connect with her like through Facebook now. But uh, we actually would invite Louisa to our home on the weekend. And mm-hmm. she taught us a nictitit, which was super fun. And mm-hmm. she also helped us both um, sew our own pair of poilukes, which are <laughs> mittens <laughs> she like pretty much had to finish experience. my last one like a day before we left I think she both she finished both bars like made them I remember be, we were like so were our plane leaves tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on this these pair of mittens for a month please help me finish them <laughs> yeah yeah so I know that was really special like having those connections like with community members as well mm-hmm. and, sure. and just like on my birthday yeah so when I when we were on initiative my yeah. birthday was an initiative um and we got to share arctic char and tuktu which is caribou um yeah. as my like birthday dinner i literally still laugh about this story all i can think about when i think of funny stories is when that time when we went to breakfast club the and <laughs> like <laughs> and i decided to make this like healthy like blueberry loaf to share with the students at breakfast club and I was like oh my gosh like they're gonna love me like they're gonna think this it was, is so, it was cool. so good like but it was kind of weird and healthy yeah and, like we bring it to breakfast club and like none of the students wanted to try it and we're like oh my goodness no like come on like you guys like always eat like your grilled cheese and like cereal like why don't you try like blueberry loaf and they were like uh and then one kid finally like I convinced him like come on and then he's mm-hmm. like okay fine I'll try one and like so dramatically like 
takes a piece of my blueberry loaf, like stands over top of the garbage, pretend, I don't even think he took a bite and like pretends to like throw it out, like and throw it up, like in the garbage in front of like all these students. And everyone was like, oh, and then of course, like no one would try it. And I was just like, oh my God, are you kidding me? But honestly, like, I feel like that's just like such a classic, like 13 year old boy thing. Like from then on, we stuck to like <laughs> power balls with chocolate chips. Those and, were like, those, they loved those though. Those were a hit. Yeah. I know I learned quickly. I was like, okay, gotta make this healthy, but like not too healthy. Yeah. You <laughs> oh have to make gosh. it still sweet enough so that it tastes good. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> and then the other memory for me that like really sticks out is soccer baseball. Oh, yeah. I don't like, I've never played so much. We played soccer baseball, I think, every night. (laughs) With that, like, same little group in our neighborhood, they, like, knock on our door. They'd be like, come on, time for soccer baseball. I'm like, (laughs) oh, my God, okay. They're always knocking on our door to get us to come and play. Like, every day. We 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 usually did, though. Oh, yeah. No, I like like we were ever, like, not wanting to go. No, it was so fun. I, I, like, love soccer. Like, as a kid, like, soccer baseball, like, was my game. Oh, I loved it when we went, when we got to play soccer baseball in gym class as a kid. I, that was my favorite. Oh, same. <laughs> okay. Changing gears a little bit. Um, okay. what about, how did you take care of like your own like physical and mental health, um, during initiative? Cause I mean, like mm-hmm. we were in like a much different, like, like climate and like a really different mm-hmm. place. And like, honestly, it's draining, like for anyone, like working with kids every day and like, go, go, go on your feet. So how did you make sure to like also take care of your own health? Yeah, um, I think, well, both you and I, we, we both like exercise pretty much every day while we were there, um, whether it was like little workouts upstairs by the stairs or going for runs. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so like we, I think what was really important to me was to stay physically healthy. Um, yeah. That's a big part of my life. So uh, being able to like go for the runs and go to the mm-hmm. fitness center and just like do different workouts and also just even like walks outside. Yeah. Um, we went on tons of walks, just like when you need to get a breather, mm-hmm. um, and take a break. Um, so that was, that was big. Um, I think just also being able to like recognize when I needed alone time was also yeah. super important for my mental health. Uh, just being around kids all day and also being with with um with someone else all the time yeah because it's literally just you and I yeah exactly like that's the one thing like yeah like I had so much fun with you but I feel like even just after being together all day I feel like sometimes we're like okay like we need each need like an hour (laughs) like yeah and I think it was like super good that we had like such a good relationship between the two of us and we were so Mm -hmm. understanding and when I was like I don't know if some one time I like I don't know I'm trying (laughs) to like think of something but like let's say like I wanted to do something and I was like Kate let's go do this and like like you would not hesitate to be like, no, I actually like, I can't do that right now. You know, like yeah. I need to just like sit in my bed and read my book. So I, I think agree. like just having that relationship between us two uh, helped both of us. Cause we were, it was yeah. pretty like chill and like just understanding overall. Okay. I guess our last question would be, um, do you think this is so cheesy, but like, do you think like initiative and like your time on QHO, like, do you think it changed you as a person and like your perspectives on the world and like, yeah, I guess just like coming out of it now that you've graduated and like you were on QHO for two years. Um, what do you think you took out of it? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. And it for sure did change me as a person um, mm-hmm. as as like, yeah. So um, I think firstly, like it really expanded my perspectives 
um, of the challenges that are faced by other people and it increased my sensitivity towards those differences. Uh, It really helped me embrace diversity and it was an incredibly eye-opening experience. Um, And I think like I developed a a bit of a social conscious that perhaps I didn't have before going on initiative. Mm. And I really learned to appreciate the values that I did learn from the people that I did meet um, while in Salowit, like the importance of family a sense of community and how they truly bond together to take care of their families and their friends um, and appreciating the role of elders in the community. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that just those experiences were incredibly eye-opening and amazing to see. So mm. they, they changed my, like, I guess, outlook. But overall, yeah. I think being on initiative in Salawit, it really made me start to, I mean, this sounds so cliche, but just yeah. appreciate the little things in life. Like, Honestly, and the, the, but the little things that are the important things in life, right? Like like smiles and conversations with loved ones and friends, mm-hmm. access to clean drinking water every day, exercising, yeah. uh, sharing meals with people I care about, supporting or getting help from friends. So I think um, I got to, we, we got to experience firsthand the incredible bond and relationships that uh, the Inuit and Salawit have with yeah. their friends and family. And ultimately, I think I just learned to really appreciate those smaller interactions um, that I get to have each day with people. Oh, I love that. Well, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Of course. Well, thanks so much for having me. It It was so nice to chat with you. And that's a wrap for today's episode. We hope you join us next time as we continue to talk about all things health. Remember to be kind to yourself and to others.